Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Steve Hildrew. And I'm Ralph Enough, and the voice you've heard, Particle Sun Returns. Hello. After many, many years. He went off and became famous, did YouTube glory <laughs> and all that. I, uh, I stepped up on your heads on the, on the way to my incredible fame, is that... <clears throat> You're tens of thousands of subscribers. You're adoring <laughs> yeah. fans. It has gone over two thousand now, so you know that's that's a thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm uh, still very very small time. In, in the world of the... Well, if you're, if, you're, if we're dealing with Kings of War, everything is small time, right? <laughs> Everything's small time. I think there's been a, quite a few new channels recently. People get really enthusiastic and then they're like, oh, no, nobody seems to be watching. You're like, no, man, everyone is watching. Everyone is watching. That's the public. There's just not as many people and when you compare it to Age of Sigmar or other game systems. Right, exactly. You just put 40K in your titles. Everyone will watch. Don't worry about it. It's all good. That's right. And we got to do it. Hobby updates. Obviously, you're, bust, you're a man on a mission, so you probably have many, many armies sitting on your paint desk. Well, I do have... I've, I've got two armies sitting on my paint desk. One, and there's one... Um, you can't see this, guys, but Rob can see directly behind me. There is actually like a base half made on my on my paint desk. That is a goblin army that I'm working on, which I'm trying to get done for a tournament in January. It's not it's not going great. Not going to lie, because a it's a joke army that I'm making just for a laugh, and it's entirely Carl Peach's fault. Because when I was at Adepticon, he was like, hey, wouldn't it be hilarious if somebody made a, a Gungan army? And I'm like, huh, that's ridiculous. Who'd do that? Gungan army. That'd be awesome, though. Now we just need a droid army to battle it out. Here is. But then you see, because I'm a tryhard, I figure if you're going to be annoying, goblins is obviously the most annoying army, right? So if you're going to be twice as annoying, make them Gungans. But then people might hate that. So you have to make them really well painted. So I decided to hand blend like the energy shields on every single Gungan. They're nuts. You 3D printed those, I'm assuming? These are all 3D prints, yeah. Nice. So I got 60 rabble finished and done. And then I've got like the big, you know, the Fambas, them. Yeah. So they're a, they're a terrible print, so they needed a lot of work. But that's gonna be a chariot legion. That's gonna be super cool. And then I've got like the the like the riders. So I'm working on that, but my I'm also in my head, I'm working on um an Empire Dust Army because I'm really excited about A the minis I think are super cool and I've got some really cool ideas about doing like uh blackened skeletons with kind of like spectral flames and stuff. So that's my next Mantic army. But this one is just a joke army that I'm doing mainly to annoy my friend Matt so I can take him to his tournament um, <laughs> because he has lots of, he's like a really super good painter. And I'm like, well, how about if I bring a really nicely painted army, but it's garbage because it's all uh, Gungans. So that's what I'm working on at the minute. But, uh, well, and it's goblins, which is. It's not even like a fully, it's not even a proper list. It's got chariots in it, for God's sake. What am I thinking? Oh my gosh. Hmm. Well, just make them mincer bobs. That's all you gotta do. Yeah, but you see, the problem is, look at the minis. I've only got these minis, right? And they're freaking huge. This is scaled down. If you were Kyle Poole, no problem. Right? 
Exactly. They, the, the, the feet do fit on a 75 by 75, but I just thought it was more fun to make them chariots. So um, For sure. We'll do that. Yeah, and 100, 100 millimeters deep will be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, so that's that's what's happening. Maybe they'll be mints and mobs. Nah, they don't really look like mints and mobs. They look more like chariots. I don't know, whatever. So that's one work. And how about you, man? You just uh, mosey number onwards? Kingdom, have, you ever, have you ever finished your Kingdom of Half Men? Come on. No, no, no. <laughs> I've got 3,000 points painted, but... That's not bad, though. No, but I still need a lot more to go. But I'm switching over to Salamanders now, so... Right. Don't have any units done yet, and I've got to have it done by Adepticon, so we're we're three months away. No problem. Uh, yeah, no problem. Easy. Just uh, compromise all your standards. Everything's fine. Well, that's what we're doing. We're just saying, look, it's, it's good enough. Fix it later. Right? <laughs> It'll do. So tonight's main topic is the Kalash Kings... UK, or as some people will say, the UK cock. The UK cock, right? The what is that? The 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 home, the home of Clash of Kings, the the original, the mainstay. Anyway, so yeah, so what's happening is that I am, for various reasons, toing Clash of Kings in the UK, which is a thing. So we've kind of we've wrestled it from the hands of Mantic. We said, thanks a lot, guys. It's been great for the six, seven years you've done it. It's time. It's time we 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 took over, and so that's what happened. I was um, so I, I'll tell you the story. So um, I was at Clash of Kings this year, twenty twenty two, in London GT. So LGT is a massive forty k tournament, um, and for whatever reason, they decided to put Clash of Kings at that event. There's lots of reasons to do that. One is that people like to go to events in London. It adds a lot of visibility theoretically to the game, stuff like that. It wasn't a massively popular choice with the UK players, I'd say. Well, it's it's had some bad press coverage. LGT is, a, yeah. Yeah, the 40K stuff in the past where the guys like boxes on the table for terrain and stuff. So All that kind of stuff. So yeah, it has had some bad press, but people went the year before, so 2021, and said it was good. The main problem is where it was. It was called London GT. It's not actually in London. It's in a suburb of London that's actually pretty tricky to get to. There were very few hotels anywhere near it. It was a pain. Once you were there, I had a brilliant time. It was actually really good. We had 60-odd players there, but 30-odd of them were from abroad, and they'd come because it was London, right? So it was kind of there, and the terrain was okay. You know, it was, it was all right. Um, it didn't help that most of Mantic had COVID that week. There was literally three people left in the company. So we had um, Kyle over from the US, and then we had Elliot, who's obviously a new hand. Uh, and Ronnie, and they were and and um, um, Johnny was there as well, um, running the shop. So basically, they they were just running the whole thing. It took Kyle and Elliot six hours to set up. Bless them on the Friday. This poor these poor guys, and they commissioned London DT to do the terrain for them, and it was fine. We had a really good time. We actually had one of the best Clash of Kings ever. But while I was there playing with my friends, and I was kind of looking around, and I said, you know what? I just think I just think we could we could do this better. So I, I had a chat to Ronnie, and he literally bit my hand off. He's like, yep. Yep, absolutely. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Um, because I think, to be honest, running tournaments is not their forte. They don't like it. They have enough to do. They're a small company with everyone's got seventeen jobs to do. And I think um, they were kind of. Like, I think they've been waiting for a while. So I, I didn't want to um, just do it on my own because it's kind of a big thing to take on. And um, I've only ever really run smaller tournaments of like thirty players. So I basically, I, I strong-armed, let's say invited, let's say I, I sweet-talked um, a bunch of TOs in the UK. We're all quite close-knit in the UK. We all know each other. People that run tournaments, tend to be, we tend to know each other. Um, and I looked at who I wanted, and I wanted, you know, I wanted Nick Williams to help me because the Northern Kings run the best tournaments in the UK, hands down. 
Um, Nick's an extremely sensible guy that knows his stuff and he's not afraid to say his mind. Um, but if I was going to have Nick, I kind of wanted... If you're going to have Nick, the yin and the yang, right? Right. Um, so in, up in the north, there's another, you know, the other powerhouses are, are uh, Jan and Bob. We, you know, we had them counter charge quite a long time ago, but they're quite prolific. Um, and uh, I, I kind of, I've talked Jan into helping me as well. And then, so I've got two from the north. I live in the middle of England, so I need two from the south. So I've got um, Matt Gorham, who runs a brilliant tournament called Stain of Blood. And then a guy called Cy Brand, who runs some excellent tournaments uh, called uh, Pride of the Shires or something like that, or something uh, something Shires. But the two of them, they're just very sensible, balanced people. There's loads of TOs down there, but I've got to be honest with you, Rob, I just pick my mates. Uh, because if I'm going to do something stupid like this, I kind of... Well, I was going to ask you if you're a nutter for taking this on. I mean... Right? Uh, <laughs> I think so. I think I've got, you know, I've got five people, right? So they... And how hard can it be? Turns out quite hard. You, you've been to Adepticon. Adepticon has been in a non-mantic TO's hands for... I think our first one was 2015. And I think, I think maybe like by 2016 or 2017, uh, Mike Carter ran the first few and I know Shannon yeah. Shoemaker had some that he ran. I think this year will be Mike Carter back again. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good move because let's be honest, that's not their core competency. Their core competency is making sweet rules and, and awesome models and uh, pretty models running an event uh, is difficult. Now they'll obviously be there to support you and, you know, and, and, and help where they can. So I guess that what, so now that you're taking it over, what is Mantic going to provide? What's their role in this? This year, they're handling the ticketing for me, and that's been kind of a choice, really, for us. A bunch of stuff, including tax reasons, really. We, you know, if it's going to be a, a mantic event, but also the financial risk sits with them for the first time. So we're, you know, it's important to realize the reason we're doing it this year. We, we, we really have a vision to make it the biggest and kind of most dramatic clash, you know, clash of kings ever. We're bringing it to the center of it. We bring it to the home of war game. We bring it to Nottingham, um, and we are um, being supported really heavily. By Mantic, it has to as an event. It has to wash its own face. So I, you know, I've been really clear with them that I don't want them to spend money on it. Equally, Ronnie's been clear that he doesn't want to make a profit out of it. So from his point of view, he wants the event to, to wash its own face. But um, as long as it makes it some, it makes its money back. Basically, then he's very happy to do what he can. He's supporting us. I mean, with a huge amount of stuff. If I'm honest, yeah, we're gonna, you got you've got some stuff we're going to talk about the, the the what they're going to provide to players. But have you talked to your wife about this yet? Have you had that conversation yet? I, de- I definitely told her when I'd already agreed. You told her. You didn't ask. You didn't. You didn't, didn't ask for permission. You're you're one of those people that asks for uh, forgiveness rather than permission. Yeah, something like that. Wait, she's um. My wife's a wonderful woman. I'm very lucky. Um, I'm like you, Robin. That um, I don't really have to ask for permission for stuff. We have a discussion, sure, and we check the dates and stuff. But she knows that my time's went. I've only got one hobby, man. You know, so as long as I'm keeping occupied, I think she's happy, and I'm not, you know, doing something stupid. So. I figure if she figures that I'm uh, I'm organizing this, then I'm not, I don't know, going off buying expensive cars or something. I'm just playing with with toy soldiers. Playing with so, toys, absolutely. Yeah, she's pretty cool with it. She helped out and with my last with the tournament that I ran. I had a, you know, I had one of those tournament nightmares where I'd arranged lunch and it didn't turn up, and um, and I got thirty hungry players who were like, "Steve, where's lunch?" And I'm like, "Yeah, so lunch isn't here." Um, and she really helped me sort that out. So she's she's kind of familiar with tournament running from that point of view. And she, her garage isn't her garage. It's just full of 
you know, polystyrene and it's full of terrain. We're going to talk about that too. So <laughs> is this a rolling contract on your part? Is this going to be like an annual that you got to re up annually uh, or it doesn't this. work out for you. You're going to, you're going to hand the torch to Nick or back, to <laughs> someone else. I don't think Nick could take it. I think um, let's, let's see how it goes this year. I don't think Mantic will take it back readily. If it, you know, if I say after this year, this is horrible. I never want to do this again. They might have to think about it, but I, I, how bad could it be? How bad could it be? Come how on. bad could it be? We've certainly put it in, in a place. So the intention is where we've put it will be the home of Clash of Kings in the UK. As long as it goes well, pretty much forever. It's big, it's expandable, it's affordable. There's great stuff there. So there's room for us to grow in where it is. And I think that's that's pretty exciting. So and, yeah, if it's centrally, and if it's centrally located, it doesn't matter because, you know, the UK Clash of Kings used to like rotate, right? You get to kind of roll around as in Wales, it's wherever. But if, if you're centrally located in, in the lead belt, then, then, then maybe it's accessible enough to everybody. Um, and as you say, if it already has the infrastructure needed for, you know, food and for hotels, because I know that's a common complaint, you know, uh, you got to have access to it, you know, public transport, you know, and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, putting it in Nottingham is sensible. You know, it's it's accessible by plane, train, automobile. It's got trams. You can, you know, you can walk from the station uh, within the venue. You know, five minutes from the venue, you've got uh, supermarkets, you've got restaurants, you've got a lot of bars. You know, not that I need a bar because there's a bar in the venue, but it's um, it's very conveniently located. I would say so. It's um, it's a good choice for where to go. We were looking, we we're looking at a lot of stuff, man. It's been. You know, in the in the US, you just go and oh, we'll just find a hotel and we'll hire their their big room or whatever, right? In the UK, we are a small small country, and hotels are solely focused on the wedding market and the yeah. big bucks you get from the wedding market. And you know, venue venue hire started at five grand a day for the room only, and that's just a room, and that's the cheapest smallest venue, and that's that's ridiculous. You know, if I'm selling, let's say, hundred tickets at sixty quid, my budget is six grand. So it's just that's yeah. it. Yeah. Five, six year budget is the venue, which doesn't work. <laughs> right. It doesn't exactly. work for exactly. it at all. It doesn't work. So we were looking at things like, you know, London DT was in a massive leisure center. So we looked at leisure centers and they're all right. You can run it in leisure centers. They're, you know, they are definitely a, a feasible venue. They're cheap. I tell you what, they're not particularly atmospheric. Uh, you have to lay down flooring, which costs a lot of money. Um, so we, we kind of got lucky in that we've identified, so the Nottingham Trent University, which is like Nottingham University, but not good enough. The student union, it's, it's a very cool venue. It's a club out of hours, I'm sorry, during term time, um, but out of term time, it's empty. And it's a massive venue. Plus it's got double doors that open from it into a badminton hall next door. So it's got three massive badminton courts. So we're expandable. So the, the biggest clash has ever been was in Cardiff. And I think it was 84 people after dropouts something like that. Um, and that's off in the, you know, Cardiff is very far into Wales. Well, it's in the bottom southwest corner, right? So Right. It's really it's pretty far. It's it's a two hour, two and a half hour drive from me and I live in the center of England. So for Scotland, Scottish people, very far, for London, even further. But um, Nottingham is a much better located venue for traveling. So I, I'm, we're reasonably confident we can smash that number out of the park. You know, I, and, and then because it's so conveniently traveling, uh, conveniently located for foreign travel in terms of it's got an international airport, Birmingham's around the corner, not, uh, Manchester's around the corner. Uh, we're really hoping we can repeat kind of the quantity of of, of um, 
external visitors that we had from the you know, the Spanish always turn up on mass. The Spanish Armada floats in and takes all the prizes and goes home kind of singing songs. We had a bunch of French, we had Dutch, we had German, you know, we had even a couple of Americans, Rob. Can you imagine? Yeah, you had John Green over the years. You've had Tim Smith. A few different people that have made it over. John was there and I played him and he's great. Jesus, uh, my memory for names, it gets worse as I get older. I get stupider, man. I tell you, Jeff, Jeff, good God, Jeff Shilton, who's a legend. Oh, Jeff Shilton, yeah. Yeah, great, great guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very good. We had uh, John Green Jr. He's been for a couple of years, John Green Jr. He's winning things. Uh, I played him. And then we had Jeff Shilton come over uh, and I played him. He's amazing. He's just a great guy. Uh, but I he's think super fun. Yeah, he's, super he's fun. awesome. And I think, you know, if you're going to make one trip to the UK and you're a War Games fan, you kind of want to come to Nottingham, right? Because really, you want to go to Forge World. You want to see where it all began. Warhammer World and all the Bugman Bar and all that. Yeah. I don't know what any of it means. But, you know, you, you, and you can come to Mantic. So, you know, this is the perfect opportunity. It's it's going to be, it's 9th and 10th of September. I haven't said that yet. 9th and 10th of September. Um, people can come and they can, you know, make a make a trip of it, really. Kind of do the pilgrimage to GW. Come and see Mantic. Mantic are going to open their headquarters. People to come on a Friday night. So we're going to have like a Mantic night the night before. Um, we're going to have all sorts of cool things. We're going to have Nick Williams doing terrain demonstrations. And then you can win his terrain in the tournament. It's going to be um, it's going to be pretty epic, and then the event itself is in is in the Nottingham Trent Student Union on the Saturday and Sunday, which is this brilliant venue. Does the venue have alcohol? No, it's a club. It's got a bar, so that was kind of the main thing we were looking for. It's, it's got a bar that we staff the whole time. Plus, in the evening, they're going to open up the upstairs room for us to have um, Saturday evening, so we can just chill. And as long as we spend enough in the bar, it's not going to cost us anything. But uh, we need to spend enough in the bar, so that's <laughs> that's fine. I'm sure that won't be a problem. The venue's got tables already for you. No, we have to hire tables in, which is a pain. So that's an extra cost. Uh, they've got chairs, but the tables be an extra cost. And if we go over a certain number, we're going to expand into the sports hall next door and they need to get flooring for that. But it's all theoretically aff- affordable. Um, so hopefully no one will be going bankrupt uh, for the provision. As long as somebody, pe- as long as people turn up. The trick, right? And you, and obviously you want to make a, you know, you've had like 30 people from outside the United Kingdom last year in 2022 or this year in 2022. You know, to get more than that shouldn't be too difficult. Uh, and you're going to be releasing a special visitors pack, right? With all the information about airports, hotels, sites, yes. you know, sightseeing. And I've, you know, I have heard stories and people have regaled about Nick's tours. The tour of Leeds. Oh, that's, yeah, we're a bit fast. But I'm sure Nick will just learn Nottingham and he'll just do it. Right? So actually Nick is responsible for the, for doing that. So we, we've got a normal TO pack, but we're also going to create a special kind of visitors pack for people from outside the UK. So they're going to come and um, it'll tell you know where to go, where hotels are, where you can get accommodation, where you can get food, that kind of stuff. It, it plans to make it as kind of visitor friendly as possible. So people do want to come and we can hopefully expand that in years to come. I mean, I, I went to the pub with Ronnie and he went, he went at all great length. He wants to hire a bus that says Mantic on it in giant letters and do a tour to Forge World himself so he can take people to <laughs> That's classic, <laughs> Ronnie. Like a whiskey tour. And I'm like, all right, let's just do the first year. Let's just try and sell some tickets, man. There's a lot you can do in Nottingham, right? I mean, all the big companies are there and all the small ones too. Yeah, it's the, it's the home of Robin Hood and stuff. You know, it's actually, you know, it's a pretty cool place. And it's a, it's a very, you know, by international standards, it's a small city. It's not massive. Uh, but there, there is a lot there, I would say, that, that can be done. It, and now that Nottingham Forest is in the Premier League. That's right. I mean, come on. I'm just going to look up football. I think Premier League would be t- would be playing in September. I don't have any idea if, if... Well, I guess they have to make it to the next year and not be relegated. Yeah, come and see a football match. I'm going to make it a prize. We're going to buy it. I'm not, but we could. 
That would be awesome. We're going to have to actually, let me, let's me let talk about prizes because the prizes are very cool. So Clash has always had a big thing, right? So when Clash first started, I don't know if you realize this, but the first Clash prize was £1,000. Did you know that? Yeah, and in fact, when we had the first one in the United States, they had three players and a ringer show up to win a thousand pounds yep for a grand <laughs> yeah and that was a grant you know a thousand american dollars back then so and then obviously they've been they've been using the flight you know the win win it with the mantic army and 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 that's been good but i know that's being phased out for some really cool stuff yeah i think um the flight thing became a bit of a thorn in their side being a travel agent is hard uh, you know, I won. I won that flight, so I, you know, I'm really grateful. I know that I was a difficult person to arrange stuff. For. Well, you had the whole COVID thing, right? So you won it. You're supposed to go, that got moved. It, it's it's not an easy thing to do, and I think you know it, it's had its day. But the idea, you know, it it feels it doesn't feel quite where the direction they wanted to go. I think, but the price still has to be cool enough that people want to win it and they're going to compete for it. So, I mean, the, the, the ruling stands, you know, if you want to win any of the, any of those kind of prizes, you still need a Mantic Army, that kind of stuff. But also we're, it's worth saying that if you bring a Mantic Army, if you commit to bring in a 90% by model count Mantic Army, you get, you're going to get money back off your ticket. So you're going to get a voucher, a Mantic voucher, um, to kind of reward you for turning up with a Mantic Army. Um, to be honest, I, I know in, in the U S and, and in Australia, it's, it's harder to get people to pep to part with their beloved GW models, but I've got to say, at London GT, it was hard to find a non-Mantic army over here. It was that's a good conversation because one of the things we've been talking about is the UK. For all the na- the gnashing of teeth you guys do, how dare you? You guys still show up and play with a lot of Mantic armies in comparison to what we have here in the US or or even Australia. And I'm wondering why? Why is that? I was trying to like, is it, is it national pride or something? You, you don't want to show up to their, their home event and uh, not represent the company. Uh, there's a, there's definitely a, a, um, like a culture of wanting to support Mantic here. Maybe it's because people get, maybe because, maybe because Ronnie's around a bit more. Is it that? I don't know. I think maybe, you know, the prize was such that people were got very excited about it, but also there's been this culture of a Mantic army is a thing here more and more and like i feel it you know i'm i'm a, I'm, I'm i go to uk tournaments and if i take a non-mantic army i feel a little bit i feel a little bit judged you know i i, I kind of like ah oh, it's really as pretty, you should but, right as right, you should and well should but i think you know it's it's a cool thing to support to support the company and actually we need to recognize that actually the company doesn't survive without miniature sales i've got you know i've got seven armies and only i think two of them are mantic really i had I, no that's right i had a, a mantic undead one as well but i sold it keeping those minis coming is very important to keep the the the, the company afloat and i i would be remiss in running clash of kings if it didn't have essentially a bribe to bring a mantic army you should be turning up to clash of kings particularly kind of the in the motherland with a mantic army so giving people a voucher back, giving money back off their ticket, making it even cheaper for them to turn up feels to me to be a pretty cool thing to do as well as prizes. Well, let's talk about that big prize. If yeah. you win this event, what are you, what are you going to take, go home with? So it, it's not a flight, and you know, for, for the reasons we've discussed, but I think this prize is absolutely awesome. So the prize that you win is you get a custom designed character. So, you know, uh, designed and drawn by a Mantic artist to your specification, and uh, you get that character that that then that piece of art printed and framed and sent to your home, so you have it um, to put up on the wall. 
and it's going in the version four rulebook. So to me, this is like a mega prize. Yeah, it's immor- you're immortalized forever. <laughs> yeah, forever. Like, did you know this? Did you know that? Samachris, Mother of Phoenixes, is one of those prizes from the Kickstarter. There was two people called Sam and Chris. Did you know this? No, I didn't know this. So so they 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 paid in the Kickstarter, they were one of the big spenders, I guess, and you could you could pick a character and they came with this character, Sam and Chris. So Sam and Chris Sam and Chris is these two people <laughs> immortalized as the as the mother of Phoenixes. I think that's so cool. I never even knew this. So you could be the next Sam and Chris, imagine. Exactly. But that's not all. There are goodie bags. Sure, yeah. So one of the big things at Clash of Kings has always been goodie bags at Clash of Kings, and they've always been pretty good. What typically happens is there's a voucher in there, and they chuck some sprues in there and whatever they've got lying around. Usually terrain crate ends up like chucked with the terrain crate, and they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Um, in general, you tend to get you know pretty much half the value of your ticket back again just in the goodie bag. So we're still having those. We're still having a good goodie bag. Still going to have ridiculous vouchers in it. It's still going to have a bunch of Mantic stuff in it. It's going to have some special merchandise that we're making specially for uh, Clash of Kings. So that will be in there kind of unique that you can have loads of other stuff in the normal goodie bag. But um, we went to, I went to Adepticon and one of the things you can have at Adepticon, I'm sure you talked about it a thousand times, is the XL goodie bag. You can get Adepticon. They call it the VIG, very important gamer. Yeah, right. you pay, it's like a hundred bucks, right? And you get put into a raffle. And if you're one of the X amount of people, there's only so many. If you don't win it, you get your money back. All right. But if you do win it, you've you've paid a hundred dollars and you get like I've won it and it's 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 ridiculous. It literally even the regular goodie bag is the regular bag, swag bag, as they call mm-hmm. it at is good. But the the VIG one is it's it's stupid. It really <laughs> is stupid. It's like a thousand dollars worth of stuff. They have ridiculous it's not a bag, you it's a box. it's boxes. It's thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't quite have that budget, but I did like the idea of an XL goodie bag. So we have an XL goodie bag. Um, it's going to be probably about thirty pounds, I think. Um, and in that goodie bag, you will get so much good stuff. You, you know, on top of the normal goodie bag stuff, you know, you can choose a, a Mantic Titan. You get a, a event T-shirt. You get loads of different, you know, dice. There's going to be all kinds of stuff in there, which is going to be exclusive only for this event. Um, it's you know a ridiculous value bag of you know about hundred pounds worth of stuff for thirty quid, and I think that is you know it's optional. You don't have to do it. And in today's exchange rates, that's almost like thirty dollars. <laughs> right, it's nearly there. So there or thereabouts. I don't know. It's probably worth a tenner when it comes out. I don't know, but it, you know it's going to be very, very, very cool. And um, so we're really excited by that possibility. Um, people don't go for it. Fine, I won't do it again. But if they really go for it, then we're going to make it even better year on year on year until people. Do we have a price for the ticket yet itself? Yeah, so we do. So um, Clash of Kings has always been £50. That's the price for Clash of Kings. It's been £50 for as long as I've been playing Kings of War. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but the cost of living has somewhat hit this year, right? Inflation is a thing. It is a thing. But I've managed, you know, we, we've managed to control costs as much as we can. Uh, I think so. We're, I think we're coming in for the early bird offer. So there's an early bird offer from, from 16th of December uh, when we're going live up until the end of March. Your ticket is £60. If you bring a Mantic Army, then you get a £10 voucher back. So it's equivalent to the same value you've been paying for the last five years, right? After that, it goes up to 70 But the same offer applies in terms of you getting that £10 voucher back on top of the other vouchers you get in the goodie bags. So I think it's a it's a pretty decent price for a two-day tournament. Uh, I mean, we're I paying hope. 70 or $80 American 
for a two day GT, right? So yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I looked. I mean, we were not something. The London DT didn't have food included, so we're not able to offer food, and that's simply because conferencing food in the UK. If you go for a conferencing venue, which is all of these, yeah, it starts at twelve pounds a head, and it's a sandwich. And I'm like, uh, you know, we're in the center of Nottingham. Seven eighty dollars American. That doesn't have food. Right, <laughs> like right. that's okay. just the cost to get. Yeah. So I mean, I think what you guys are doing is probably uh, fine, right? I mean, like you said, you guys have held Romantic has held the cost of Clash of Kings the same for a long time. It's time. It's time to go up a little bit. Yeah, and also the more people come, the better value it gets for me. Once I get a feel for how many people are willing to come to Nottingham year on year, actually, we can start looking at options of what we can offer and the price. Because you know, if you get, let's say, we get 120 people, which would be my dream. The price is extremely affordable, and you can start offering some really cool price support and stuff as well on top of that. So it's awesome. So as you said, tickets are going to go on sale December 16th. Yep. And the early bird will go through the end of March. And then also, if you get a, you bring a 90% Mantic Army, 10 pound voucher. Pounds, please. Pounds. Pounds, Pounds. sterling, please. Uh, Pounds yeah. sterling. So, yeah. So, but yeah. And, uh, you know, I did find it interesting that Ronnie will be inspecting your armies and doling out the vouchers himself. Yeah, so I've I've dobbed him in. So A, he's coming because he lives in Nottingham. He lives down the road from the venue, which is awesome. So I know where he lives now. And then, you know, he's going to be, he volunteered because he's obviously deeply committed to the 90% Mantic Army. And um, he's going to be going around inspecting you. So if you say, yes, yes, I'm bringing a 90% Mantic Army, you can have a box to ticket. We'll know who you are. He's going to come around and um, he's going to be inspected. Because what we didn't want is somebody to commit. And then maybe they didn't get the, didn't get it painted in time or that kind of stuff. That's fine. You know, it's not a problem. We just don't get the voucher at the end. So it's, it's, it'll just be a personal inspection by the Lord of Mantic himself, and he'll be uh, eyeing up your painting. No pressure. No pressure whatsoever. Hey, as long as it's Mantic, he loves it. Man, he loves it. Unless you're me, apparently. He didn't like my army. Whatever. It's fine. Not even bothered. Event details. It sounds like an American tournament. 2,300 points? <laughs> 2,300. I, mean, I think these days we're, we're, we're at that stage, aren't we, really? I, I still like a 1995, personally, but... I think what we want is more opportunity. If you turn 90% Mantic, I think you could still, at 2300, you can have um, a good Mantic army and maybe a cool centerpiece model that you wanted to bring from something else, something like that. You know, there's room to be a little bit creative with it. And so that's why we went to 2300. And, and, and that's that's fine. I think, 20, you know, six games at 1995 is pretty much the same as six games at 2300. At least, I think people are pretty much used to it by now. What's the format? format in terms of number of games so we're doing three and three because uh i am too old and i'm sure a lot of other people are too old to do four games in a day now uh it just exhausts me and you want time to chill out in the evening i know people do sometimes like to get off early on the sunday but uh hopefully we can get people off by you know kind of uh five half five that kind of time on the sunday uh, we've got the venues for seven both days so it's it's pretty cool so three and three works pretty well yeah, and you got space up for 200 players. Even more because I've, I've done the floor plan for the main kind of venue. So the kind of the, it's called the level, but within the students' union. And I can get, um, I think, 38 tables in there pretty comfortably. So once we start hitting towards that 80 player mark, then we open up into the sports hall next door. And that's a bigger space. So I think in there, I could probably fit another 50 or 60 tables. So realistically, you know, the sky's the limit in terms of it, definitely. We're really hopeful we get 100 players this this year. That would be awesome. And thereafter, who knows where we go. Uh, the good thing about 
Nottingham Trent is that there are a ton of venues. There are tons. They've got sports halls. They've got the place. There's a place called Brick. There's uh, an event called BrickCon that's run there. It's a historical war games tournament, and they hire out a big conference center, and they have like hundreds upon hundreds of gamers and there's loads of different levels and stuff so if we get bigger that's great but for the time being i'm really happy with where we are yeah allies in or out oh that's a great question what do we decide i know, I know we, we're playing no withdraw that doesn't surprise me you 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 guys are not a fan i think yeah you know it's a funny it's an interesting discussion and i think for for clash what we're trying to do is make it as generic and as easy as possible because what you really have at clash particularly in the uk is you have the hugest range of ability you have you know super super high level players at the top see those spanish guys are evil and then at the bottom you've really got people that they only play at clash it's the only event they go to all year and making the game more complicated for them from for us felt uh, not right for this first year so we're playing without withdraw the first year and if anyone complains at me, um, I refer you to the committee. I can't remember about allies. I think we said, I'll have to look it up. It's in the pack. Read the TO pack. It's on the website. It'll be fine. Well, let's get into the really juicy stuff. Let's talk about scoring system. What are you guys going to use? Surely you're not using blackjack. No, I'm not using blackjack. Blackjack's, I think blackjack's all right. Um, I've used it. It's a bit complicated. You just lost any Australians that were coming. Oh, come on, guys. It's all fine. Come over. I'll pretend it's blackjack just for you. We're not, I think I think we, we haven't quite decided yet. I think we'll probably end up with Northern Kings just because Nick's on the committee and I don't want to have a fight. So, no, he um, he actually said, bless him, he said that he will abstain from voting on any scoring system discussions. But to my mind, everyone uses Northern Kings these days. It's an accepted, sensible system. Well, we might as well crack on with it. it you know, it's in, the, it's in the Mantic Companion. Everything can be on Mantic Companion. It's a Mantic event. I've got Elliot literally is coming to operate Mantic Companion for me, so I don't have to deal with it. Oh, great. But the question I got to ask, at what point, you know, Northern Kings are doing it. When are we going to see soft scores at Clash of Kings? Yeah, it's fine. I love so. I mean, my tournament, so I have soft scores. I have an overall at uh, my tournament. Andy 2D6 wins every year. <laughs> so he just wins the crown every year. I think probably not this year, softly, softly, gently, gently, but we are getting more towards acceptance of that. Uh <sighs> You know, there are painting awards. I think some of the problem people find maybe is that the level of painting is so high they don't try, but I think soft scores... See, I like painting scores, and then everyone gets really upset when it comes to sportsmanship scores. Yeah, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Painting scores, you can argue about if there's a rubric or a judge scoring it, but there's something you can kind of fall back on. Sportsmanship is the one that leaves a bitter, bitter taste in people's mouths if it's not done correctly, which is to pretty much... Everybody gets the max points unless you're a d- and I, and I ran all I ran all of them at my tournament. I earned proper proper soft scores. We had you know we had painting and sportsmanship. And the way I did it was that you know just rank your games from favorite to least favorite, right? So I'm not even saying you know this guy's this guy's an asshole. It was just like which was your favorite game? And even with that, people were like, oh, but they were all good. In, in that in that scenario, like you know, if you're playing someone that's a very I'm trying to think of a good... If you're playing Dan... Yeah, you know, I don't know. Dan's lovely. If you're playing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're playing like but, somebody that's an absolute nut kicker. I know the kind of... yeah. It's to, it becomes a popularity contest sometimes. It, it does. And I know at least one member of the committee is deeply, deeply against... Uh, well, Adam Padley's not on the committee, though. No, he's not. No, he's not. And nor, nor would he be, bless him. But, but Nick's there. And Nick is like... He's like the sensible older brother of Adam Padley, I feel. Matt on the committee, he he doesn't like uh, sportsmanship scores. Well, we're not not this year. We'll still have the the prizes, but we're not going to have 
uh, soft scores included in an overall. Maybe maybe next year if I get if I if I get really into like overlord territory, in which case you're using my scoring system, we have soft scores, and you're going to suck it. But uh, we'll see how we go for this year. We'll keep it nice and simple. In terms of paint, obviously the really top end is awesome, right? The Daniel Reeds, the Chris Walsh. You know, the the top end is super high. How's the mid range? Like, where's the level kind of fall? Obviously, you've you've been to an American tournament. Kind of give me a sense of where does the average paint fall? It was really interesting because I was when I came to America, I was really expecting a massive difference in how people played and how people made their armies in um, the standard. People told me Americans couldn't play well, apart from a few guys. And honestly, between I, I can't really tell the difference. Everyone puts their heart and soul into their painting. I think the only the only bad painting I've ever seen has been people are really just bringing an army just because they wanted to run a, a net list. And I, that doesn't really happen very much anymore because people are trying to win the top prize. And so they bring a nice army. In general, I think the standard is much of a much. Even without soft scores, people are trying really hard to make something really nice, or at least to the best of their ability. I think there's probably much, a bit less over here of trying to create a dramatic, cohesive whole. So where people, you know, they theme it very heavily in the US and they try to make something really stand out. So when you come to a display board, you're like, whoa, yeah, it's, it's hard for you guys. It's got this yeah. like, big thing in the back and it's all kind of clawed. And this is like a fun house and stuff, whatever. There's probably a bit less of that and a bit more of just trying to make the minis uh, thematic or looking nice on their own. But to be honest, the standard is pretty good. It's it's pretty good. Um, and, and that's coming from someone that that uh, one player's choice at Adepticon, Rob. <laughs> Well, there was like 25 players right there. Right. <laughs> hey, Kat, Kat Royer was there. She's amazing. Come on. Yeah, Kat Royer um, is amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. And if she, you haven't heard her on the Salamander Army Review, you need oh, to. Welcome to Tyrant Town. She is, and she's such a good painter. She's incredible. So, uh, yeah, so I think the stand is good, and I, I can't wait to see what people bring. I think it's pretty exciting, you know, to see what they can do with Mantic models. I think what I don't like about some of the more modern Mantic models is the way they unipose them somewhat. So you have to have it in this pose. Yeah, the resins are... Resins, right, because of the way they cast them. Um, so what seeing what people do with that to make it a little bit more creative and different, I think is very cool, and that's some of the, the nicer, newer stuff I'm seeing. Well, let's talk about terrain. We mentioned the London GT it had a little bit of a bad rap of some really crappy terrain for 40k. And you know, in, in some of the big events, you know, it's it's sometimes hard to get look nice looking terrain. But obviously, if you've got Nick Williams involved, his pride is on the line. There's not That's he's not cool. Exactly correct. And I and I and I'm not stupid, Rob. You know, when I invite people to join me on the on the <laughs> on my committee, uh, my my number two. Uh, requirement beyond do I like this person is how many tables have they got at their tournaments that they can then bring to this one? And the answer is a lot, a lot. And what's good is that we all see eye to eye on on how tables should be laid out. So I know your philosophy on, on table layout, which is more, bigger, cooler, looking awesome, right? We like a lot of terrain on the table. Um, I'm sick of going to big tournaments and there's a giant killing field in the center, and I'm playing elves again. Depends on too, like the type of event, right? I think at, I think at like in a Masters event or a Clash of Kings, I think there's something to be said with having tables that are balanced, table to table, so that yeah, the terrain is not a deciding factor in who wins the game just because you were on this table versus that table. So, are you guys going to have the same layout? I know Nick Nick has done that before with some different themes, but footprints are kind of the same and maybe the layouts could be the same yeah so i think we're kind of so i i I have i've seen and played 
on the tables of everyone that is bringing terrain to the event, right? And having said that, 20 of them are mine. So I, th- I think making them all the same is going to be too tough because we're all kind of creative people and we like putting creative yeah. stuff on tables. Keeping a standard, so nothing, you don't have one crazy half all rivers table. I think that is sensible because like you say, you could have a brand new player sitting there against somebody really amazing and that's going to be really hard for them. Yeah. So I think the idea is to create a nice, sensible, balanced set. We're not going to be doing just epic dwarf maps and same and same and same and same. You know, creating a balanced set of tables is really sensible. I, I With that many players, it's pretty tough to do a same layout every table each round and then we do maps and stuff that's too hard for me um so each table will be set and there'll be a map on the table but they're going to be you know it's going to be a good amount of terrain it's going to be good size of terrain there'll be you know there'll be enough trees on every table and it should just be a nice playable standard across the board so yeah between us i think we've got i mean god we've got 70 to 80 tables nearly ready already and you know i'm going to be trying to wangle some of ronnie's new trees off him in time for it so we can get uh, you know maybe the a few of the tables to be proper full mantic terrain tables that would be very the mantic experience right the full mantic experience on those we'll see how we go with that one of the criticisms of london gt is that um the top players basically spent most of their five games it was five games last year um, on, on the, the same, same table, table, same two tables, yeah. which is not, you know, so we'll mix them up. If the software is capable, it'll it'll make sure that you rotate the tables. Yeah, exactly. The only the only important thing is making sure there's accessible tables for people maybe with movement difficulties or can't walk as much, yeah. so there's enough room for them to sit, um, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's going to be the highest possible quality of terrain. Nick's bringing all his tables. I'm getting all of, you know, Jan's tables, hopefully. Um, they've got my tables. We've got uh, Matt's tables from down, from down south. They, you know, they're all a really good quality. We're all kind of a bit anal about it. Yeah, not including Nick, who's got the best tables. Me. It's me. Hands down, I'm the one. Fair enough. I'm the one, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> I can it. It's interesting because, you know, one, one thing that a lot of big tournaments will do if to avoid some of that is that player plays terrain. But at an event where you're trying to be rule neutral and just like straight out of the book, that adds another layer to a new player that makes their head spin. So it's difficult. And, I, and I've never actually done player plays terrain at my events for the same reason that I'm trying to make it, hey man, it's just a standard tournament, standard points. The scenarios are right out of the book, you know. So yeah, you've got if you've got um you've got quite a lot of newer newer players in your meta, right? Because you've been building. Yeah, we have a lot. Players. We have a lot of uh. Well, I was just thinking, I was just having this conversation with somebody that at our event we've got like, look, if we have forty people show up, maybe eight of them have a reasonable shot of winning, right? I mean, mm-hmm. realistically, are going to win it, and there's probably another. 10 that are just there to have a good time and they don't they're not really bothered by where they finish and it's important you know as as a tournament organizer yourself know that it's the people in the middle and the bottom they're the ones that that fill the seats and pay the bills and so you've got to be able to uh cater to all of the the people not just the winners not you know everybody needs to walk away feeling like this was a great great event and it's doubly more difficult when you're talking about 120 players Right, yeah. you know, it's that much more difficult. So I think so, and I think one of the things they did class that I really like this year, which we're doing again, is you know, prizes don't, you know, you get the trophies for winning, but prizes are raffle. Either that, or you start at the bottom and you work your way up. Yeah, those are the only two. Those are the only two allowable ways to give out prizes because the people on the top don't need the prizes. They obviously already have a very pretty army. Exactly right. They want the trophies. They want the medals. They want the certificates. They do not 
need, you know, the bigger stuff and give it to the people that need it. Cause like, if you, if you got some guy finishing in the wooden spoons, well, obviously Kings of war may not be the game for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But maybe play something else this year. Uh, I think when you get to the bottom, people actually try to compete. Uh, at the old, at the old clash of Kings, the best prize was a wooden spoon. And I know one of my friends desperately tried to get to the bottom. He got to the bottom and they didn't give the prize a wooden spoon that year. So oh, he no. just got nothing. So I think raffle prizes is the way to go for sure. Raffle prizes is definitely, and, and, and what's nice about that is you don't have to wait till the end. You can during or in between rounds, you can just throw out some prizes, right? And just, and raffle out some names, spread the love around. That's a smart idea. I like that idea. Yeah, doing it. Yeah, between rounds is a good idea. Well, what you don't want is you need to, you did buy yourself some time at the end while you're finishing the tabulation of the scores. So there's some time for that. But if you have a lot of prizes to give out, sometimes it's like ah, yeah, now's the time. You know, and, and, and I don't know about you. Like when I go to an event, I don't really want models. Like I'll, I'll take them, but I don't really want models. I want like something I can get nowhere else. Like this is this is some kind of cool thing. It's a it's a widget. It's a a thing, a, a coffee bug, whatever that is, something that's unique to the event. That's a com- commemorative thing. That's where the real prizes come in for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I, I I'm with you. Although I do like to win models because then I can put them into the prize support for my next event. So I, I, I actually, I actually got one of the raffle prizes at Clash of Kings this year. By the time I left the event, it had been traded three or four times, and I ended up with something <laughs> completely different. Because do you, do you want? Okay, we'll have that, and then. Okay, we'll, we'll swap that, this right? for that. Right? Absolutely. Like, well, that's, cool. the pro- that's the problem, though, right? That's the difficulty when you give somebody, pro- like, when there's a prize pool of actual physical prizes. It's like, well, they may not have what you want. That's why uh, at our events, we, we, we've been doing the Mantic digital coupons, right? Or the digital vouchers. Because then you just get exactly what, if you're going to go that route, the person can get exactly what they need or what they want. Did you see that um, that event that had all the prizes were 3D printed minis? Did you see that? So there was like a whole table. I, I did. I thought it was pretty, that was kind of cool. I kind of like that. Well, terrain, you can you could win a bunch of different terrain things. So obviously in the US, you know, one of the things is, you know, like especially my event, it's it's actually it's actually in a game store. So mm. we typically uh, don't want to give out stuff that could sell, but terrain is right right down there, right? Like that's perfect because that's something everybody needs. So it's it's the per, it's the, it really is if you're going to give somebody a physical prize, that's a really great prize because Kings War players always want to you know they need they can always use terrain. You can set it. You, here's some painted stuff. Here's some unpainted stuff. That was really cool. It's an Australian tournament. Uh, it was uh, in fact it wasn't it their Masters of no it wasn't what was it I don't think it was the Masters one of those but they had some of the prizes were the terrain and they were playing on the table with like unpainted pieces of terrain that you could win. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, super awesome. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, one other question that your fans are gonna want to know: Are the short shorts gonna make a return? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. They might have got lost in my house move. Um, uh, unfortunately, the, the, and I'm not sure I got the figure for them anymore. If I'm if I'm hundred percent honest with you, and also I think people might pay me to not wear those ever again. I think my wife would pay me to not wear those ever again. Uh, <laughs> I do still have somewhere because like, there are the the people don't know what I'm talking about. I had a, a bet with Nick Williams, um, who challenged me at uh, game one on the internet to wear hot pants. And I, I had a pair of gold kind of lame hot pants, uh, a little bit infamous now. Uh, but they weren't actually my first choice. My first choice were the ones I ordered first. I had custom made and they arrived and I had charge me written on the back of them. <laughs> but they arrived and they were so tiny. It was so <laughs> tiny. It was literally like, 
oh wow that's like advertising man it's not a good advert you know what i mean i might have lost those as well so so maybe not uh but if you pay me enough if enough people come if we get to 150 places i'll think about it but uh it's not gonna happen it may it, you may have set it up you may, it may actually happen <laughs> okay, 150 players we'll have another discussion see how that goes now you also made a new logo right for this event that's such a cool thing so we've got we've got a, you'll be able to see if you go to the um uh, the clash of kings uh, page on the mantic website uh, you'll see our logo for clash of kings and i'm you know hoping to make this available for for all the different clash of kings around the globe you know feel free to use it um but this is being designed by a, a friend of mine who i've playing uh, kings of war with and he was talking about his job and i was i nearly fell off my chair because his job is um he's an illustrator and he draws the covers of the modern Terry Pratchett books. So he's like a professional illustrator. The guy is amazing. And I was like, hey, Joe, don't suppose you fancy doing some pro bono work for my logo, do you? And he was like, yeah, absolutely, brilliant. Um, and he's come up with this logo. So it's really cool. It's um, it's like a, it's a Basileian sword. Um, there is a goblin with staff, dwarven hammer and an ogre kind of falchion and they're kind of in, intermeshed together that's the clash of kings logo so we're really that's going to be all over everything all the merch everything you can have is going to have that logo on it it's really yep, just pop into the show notes it'll be there yeah yeah so that's uh that's our that's our very cool logo uh that's the clash of kings logo going forwards and hoping to have that emblazoned on my forehead as a tattoo going forwards you definitely need to get some stickers made to give out to people you know for sure oh that's a great idea i'm gonna write that yeah down. Stickers, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff that I want when I go to an event. I want stuff to put on my case, you know. Like, look at that. I, I you know, uh, I came to Clash of Kings, and all I won was this lousy sticker. You know, like yeah, yeah. Everything, dice, t-shirts, mugs, everything. It's all going to be tattoos, everything. Brilliant, perfect. Well, I mean, I guess what are your what are your hopes for Clash of Kings twenty twenty three? I just really hope <laughs> I hope people turn up. Rob, frankly, I hope that we get the numbers that we need to make it kind of viable. So. Heading up towards that 80 to 100 players. I think we should smash it. I think we really should. I hope uh, a lot of players come that haven't come before. You know, come and I think Clash of Kings for me is one of those. It is extremely competitive at the top tables, but I tell you what, it is super chill. It's the most fun, chill tournament. For the first time in a while, it's been a few years, we're going to have a place at the venue. We can chill out in the evening. Uh, there's a bar on site. It's a student union bar, so the prices are going to be amazing. Uh, I think. This is you no. Know, it's the first player-run Clash of Kings. The terrain is going to be the best ever at any Clash of Kings. It will rival any event I'd say in the world anywhere for terrain. Uh, we're going to run it as best as five experienced TOs can run it. I just really, I want to come and have an amazing time and say that they're really glad that we ran it this way and they're going to come back. I'd love to see so, those people out of the UK. Yeah, you've got yeah. this committee of five. How are you guys delegating? Who's doing what? Do you have you thought that? <laughs> yet? No, I, 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 I'm kind of, a, as you know, Rob, a megalomaniac. Uh, so, so I, I need their help and also I need their support for stuff, but I just kind of, well, let's just, uh, let's just, we've, we've got, a, I'm such a nerd, Rob. I've got a project plan. I've got a Gantt chart. I've got a yeah. Gantt chart. I've got allocated. You definitely should. I've, we've yeah. got a comms plan. I've got, you know, it's all, it's all in the pro plan. So it's just me. What about streaming? Are you guys going to be streaming any, anything from the event? So I think that's open. I think Mantic would like it to be streamed. And Kyle is there, and he's a he's a great asset to streaming. Yeah, for me, streaming from events they don't it's not something that's massively popular. People do watch it, but it's small numbers. Uh, it's nice mm -hmm. to have, 
I just, I mean, the most recent stream we had at Clash of Kings up in uh, over in Cardiff did end up with a with a couple of thousand views, which is pretty good. Um, so yeah, I mean, why why the higgity heck not? If we can set it up in a place that's not too noisy, uh, the tech setup is Mantix and they can run that pretty well. Um, I'm I'm happy to do it. There's actually a nice room for commentary around the back of the stage area. Uh, I think noise is always an issue, but yeah, I think it's definitely feasible. It's low on my priority list. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just trying to get the event up and running. But I would like to. Maybe you'll get lucky and someone on the team, that's their core competency. They're like, yep, I'm all about streaming. I'm all about <laughs> commenting on the games, right? Maybe you can pull out Jonathan Folks out of retirement or you never know. <laughs> from, out of, from out of the gin barrel in which he lives. And then uh, he can just sit there and swear. He's probably pickled at this point. Yeah, Elliot's got all the stuff. Elliot uh, Mantic Elliot. Um, he's you know he's audio visual wizard. He's got a PA system and everything. He's he's right up there. Uh, I only want Kyle to commentate on most on, on any stream because I think Kyle's voice is just a gift from from heaven above for that kind of thing. He's just and he's also knows everything. I think I wish we still had Rob Berman to do it with him because Rob and Kyle together are such a great team. Find a way to bring him back for one day only. I would love to one night only. Two nights only. We do chat occasionally. He's um he's off being a real adult, but he might come. I might try to get. I'm trying to get Martin to come and play as well. The problem is they have, he has to work. He has to work it. But Rob doesn't have to work. He could come and play, and he'd be like a returning celebrity plus author, celebrity author. Yeah, by that time maybe the book will be out, right? It might be. Have you read it? I've read it. It's really good. I have not read it yet. No. Have you not? Soon. No. It's excellent. No. It's it's genuinely an excellent fantasy novel. I really enjoyed it. So I, I went for that one to come out. Yeah. I've kind of heard your opinions on books, so yeah, I'm aware. Oh, I don't. <laughs> people will go and find out what I said and then I'll feel bad again. It wasn't, it wasn't on this podcast. No, it wasn't. They got me drunk. That's not my fault. That's not my fault. Well, that's all right. No one's talking about that now that Chris had a meltdown on the Kings of, Kings of Men question thread. Oh, Chris. Oh, bless Chris Thomas. Chris Thomas is like the nicest human has ever lived. And I can see where he was going. So like, Chris, it's for people that know what we're talking about, Rob put a question... Uh, um, a request out for questions for the Kingdoms of Men armory review because apparently County Charge is going to do a Kingdoms of Men armory review. I'm going to do it. I want to make sure it gets done. So we're going to do it. We, <laughs> Come on, we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We've uh, got uh, uh, two good players. So yeah. Chris, who runs the um, Mantic Universe podcast, doesn't think Kingdoms of Men should be in the game. And he, he kind of tried to make a joke out of it by putting like six questions going, What's the point in Kingdoms of Men? Why are yeah. Kingdoms of Men so pointless? And a couple of people kind of took umbrage. And then and then he got warned for breaching the community standard. <laughs> well, it was the first time we've ever had a member, uh, yeah, that somebody uh, reported him. <laughs> That's hilarious. Poor Chris. He was genuinely mortified. He's such a nice man. Put a very heartfelt apology, which, oh, you know, was a nice touch. It was a nice touch. Oh, I love Chris, genuinely. And we move on, right? We all. <laughs> well, what did we miss? What did we not talk about in terms of Clash of Kings UK? <sighs> it's i think we've pretty much covered all of it i think you know just get out there get a ticket while you can you know the more tickets you buy earlier the better it is for me because if i need to hire the the hall next door i need to do it um earlier rather than later otherwise someone might put a badminton tournament in there and then i'm screwed um you know i'd hate to cat the event out at 80 people that would suck um so let's let's smash that if, you know if we smash the 80 people early i can get the hall next door hired we can have a really really massive event and we can go from there so it'd be really really cool so that's that's been to just get out, buy a ticket, get a goodie bag if you want, an XL goodie bag. They're super ridiculous good value. I was like, Ronnie, are you sure? He's like, Yes, yes, no, I don't want to make money, it's fine. And so, you know, this is your, your opportunity to pick up stuff that you're not gonna ever get anywhere else again. Um oh, did I mention the mini? Did I mention we're having a custom mini mode? 
So part of the normal goodie bag. So if you turn up, you will get a custom designed mini that is just designed for this tournament. Um, I'm trying to make it, um, I'm trying to get Ronnie to make it a terrified Ronnie the Bard, like a Ronnie the Bard running in, in fleeing in terror or something like that. But we'll see how we go. But that's going to be one of those as well. So stuff you literally won't get anywhere else. It's going to be so cool. Do you, in the UK, do you guys have a hard time getting people to sign up early? In, here in the US, like if you put on an event, everybody signs up last minute. I think for regular tournaments, um, definitely not actually because they're in such demand. We've got so many players now, but the venues we run them out of are kind of limited. My venue maxes out at 30 players. I cannot fit more than 30 in. And within, you know, a few weeks, most of the tickets are gone. So, but for Clash of Kings, it's a different story because it's more money. It's more of a commitment, I guess, when there's more people. Uh, it doesn't, it's, historically, hasn't sold out quite. It really sells well, but it hasn't sold. I, I'm, I'm not privy to the actual numbers because I've never run it before. But I know, you know, Northern Kings is the next biggest event, and they've sold over half their tickets in the first three weeks. So they're at, they're at forty players, I think, something like that. So most of their tickets, oh, fifty players, I can't remember, but um, most of their tickets have gone already. So I'm hoping they get snapped up, and we'll see. How are you, Rob? You're going to pop over? It's a short flight, a little jump. It's definitely in the cards at some point. Uh, I think you know. I would love that. I would. Nottingham, it makes more sense for for me, right? Like when it was in Cardiff, or if it was in London, like well. Obviously, I want to go. I want to go to the lead belt, and and now that it's there, it does make it more desirable. You and Jeremy could have a little boys trip. We could. I could book it in advance. We could. Yeah, he could swing through Memphis, pick me up, and then uh, we keep keep going for sure. It would be it would be awesome. I'm, I'm going to get onto the I'm going to get onto the Duval. I'm going to that. Hey, Jeremy, you should. You should. You know, I've been chatting to you anyway, but you know, you know, it would really cheer you up seeing my face. Come on, man. Are you going to Adepticon? Hot babes would probably cheer him up. Yeah, exactly. Hot babes. Wait until you see the hot babes in Nottingham. That's what I'm going to be like. <laughs> well, Steve, if that's it, you want to take us out? Whatever you do, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.